Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 139. Listen up. Hey, man, listen up, Jesse. We are broadcasting live, live for us, from our worldwide shed quarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Mm. Jesse, that was a much cleaner start mm. for those of you who are listening in or watching. Take two. Uh, take two. We messed up starting this thing. I had my soundboard all messed up. We've had technology problems, but... We're here. We're here. We're here. We're going to listen to each other. We're going to listen to feedback in life, and we mm. are going to go back in on respect, Jesse. Mm. Respect in a raging culture. Man, you have anybody mad at you recently? Yes. <laughs> We're married. <laughs> I know. I wasn't even talking about my. I wasn't even talking about Jenny. But yeah, that that too. That happens no. from time um, to time. No, I I, uh, I recently said something really stupid. Uh, to someone that I, they deserve, I deserved for them to be angry. With like you me. said, something foolish, foolish. stupid meaning foolish, the stupid okay. foolish, not yeah. being intellectually uninformed. No, no, <laughs> not not ignorant. Yeah. No, something that was. I, I really violated Ephesians four twenty eight twenty nine. Uh, right, yeah. I I, uh, I had a corrupt talk came out of my mouth. I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, frankly, I was talking over and and. Uh, and yeah, I had to repent and ask for forgiveness, and and so yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a good. I wish I wish I would have been here a week ago because we're we're talking. And I would have listened better. We're talking today about listening better, which every uh, man, and by that I mean a male, uh, male man, a, adult human, <laughs> every man needs to to listen to. Certainly, uh, ladies need to listen about listening as well. I've I've found in my experience that guys don't listen as well as ladies. Uh, but that's just being stereotypical, Jesse, because I'm sure there are wonderful listening men out there. But one of the things that is so vital as we talk about this, remember, we're talking about respecting, uh, being a respectful person mm-hmm. in a raging culture. Why? This is commanded to us that we're to set apart Christ the Lord in our hearts and be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have and to do so with gentleness and respect. This is not optional for us, Jesse, as followers of Jesus. And so we realize that sometimes the discourse in our current cultural moment is disrespectful. That's right. A little bit hot at times. And so we're trying to say, hey, how do we have a posture or how can we in ourselves kind of check back in to say, hey, are there some simple things that we can think about to be respectful? And then from that kind of place, how can we encourage and influence others towards maybe Jesus Christ, what we're going to do in our next series? So we've looked at just general respectfulness and then last time we were on the podcast, Jesse, we talked about the the image of God and what that means theologically and anthropologically, uh, because human beings are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei, they deserve right uh, respect and honor simply because uh, we mm-hmm. have no right to destroy that which is made in God's image. Mm-hmm. And so today we get a little more practical in the sense that we, if we want to have respectful engagement with people... We need to learn to listen to them. Why? Well, we we do. Somebody said, do you have an agenda when you interact with people? I was like, I don't. Yes, we want to love people. This Mm -hmm. is like a calling from God. So if that's an agenda, yes, I have an agenda to love others. And also I have a desire because we love people to connect with them as a human being and communicate uh, the good news of grace, right? And uh, maybe encourage and impart wisdom to one another. Um, We don't want to like, live out in the world just being nice without a kind of um without holding to the yeah. faith once for all entrusted to us right 
Right. But at the same time, we we don't desire to be the actual stumbling block for people Mm. so that they can't hear what we're saying because we're a jerk or our posture is wrong or, or we don't listen. So, yeah, I was thinking about how when you were talking there about do you have an agenda? Oftentimes my agenda with people is contextual, right? I mean... You know, everyone's is right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, if someone is, if someone is going in a pathway they shouldn't go in, then my agenda is I want to help get them off that path. That's um, right. That's right. But often, often too, I think what makes an agenda in terms of respect a good agenda is one that is considering the other person rather than um, trying to manipulate the other person. Right. That's so, right. like, you know, if I if I really know the person and I'm listening to them and I understand what they want, what their desires are, then I can actually align my agenda with what their deeper agenda is. You know, they That's want right. joy right. or they want health or peace or, or so on. That's right. I think all of us can say without hesitation that we have been in circumstances or relationships in our lives where someone has not listened to us. And we really want them to, right? How does that how does that feel, Jesse, to you? Oh man. Well, I, I'd say I'm probably guilty of it just as much as anybody's been guilty of it towards me, which I'll get to it I'll get to uh, a little later. But but yeah, you don't feel respected, you don't feel loved, you don't really feel important to someone if they're if they're if they're not engaging with where you're actually at, right. right. If you're that's talking right. and you're like, wait, did you even listen to anything I said? Right. That's right. Um, or if they, if it feels like they're using you as an opportunity to say what they want to say, that's or right. that's it right. feels, it feels bad. It feels rough, right? It's a, uh, probably you've seen this, your kids are young, but they're not that young. Uh, teenagers when they're not listened to, this is a little parenting tip, right? Listen to your teenagers out there, guys. I've heard this from my kids to me and from my uh, one particular daughter to my wife. Um, you're not listening to me. And mm. there's there seems to be in that kind of plea a request for a simple courtesy to try a little more to understand a person, right? Yeah. And so it's not just about, well, maybe it is. If you have a really unhealthy uh, discourse, uh, a, tete, a tete going back and forth, you know, where people are just trying to sh- shout ideas, there isn't any understanding. There isn't any really communication. And that's frustrating for everyone. But if anybody cares about relationships with other people, uh, listening is not only a skill we can learn, I think it's necessary, for particularly for if you really do care about persuading other people about things that are important. And so um, if you don't learn to listen, you know, you're going to have problems being married, right? Obviously, uh, your conflicts in your workplace and your vocational calling are going to be difficult. If you want to work through issues at friends with friends at church, right? And instead of just blow stuff up and leave, you're going to have to listen um, disagreements with people, maybe in the neighborhood or the the homeowners association or in the apartment complex, uh, you're going to have to work through things that require listings. And even more importantly, let's be positive for a second. If you want to achieve something as a team, right? I'm I'm in the sports world a little bit. I'm uh, dabble in like you know, hang with the Virginia Tech wrestling team, and we have specific goals we're trying to achieve individually and as a team. And it's really good for us to listen to our leaders and things like that. I listen to the head coach about, hey, what we're trying to accomplish. And so if you want to build something, whether it's a church, workplace, family, trying to go somewhere as your home team, if you want to achieve some goals, listening is mm. essential. And certainly sharing the gospel, calling people to repentance and faith uh, necessitates listening. But we're not always good at it. In fact, Jesse, this is something that's funny to me. Like many times in our culture, 
we scientifically quote unquote discover things that the ancients have known mm-hmm. forever. Like, like, Hey, there was a thing uh, not too long ago in, in therapy world about like, Hey, forgiveness therapy. Like, you know, what's really good when you've hurt each other <laughs> forgiveness. Yeah. You're like, wow, really? And so interesting enough, there are some people uh, particularly I read this week, Jesse, uh, an article in the Harvard business review called the power of listening in helping people change. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is by Guy Ichikov and Ivram Kluger in their article, The Power of Listening and Helping People Change. Now, they're talking about in kind of a workplace mm. setting where you're giving feedback to maybe a, a subordinate who needs to do a better job, but helping people change, right? Is like, you know, you're if you're going to counseling, they're trying to help you change. If you're trying to get bad ideas out with true ideas or wisdom, you need to listen to help people change. But they made these observations to prove that listening is good to helping people. They said this one reason that giving feedback, even when it's positive, often backfires is because it signals that the boss is is in charge and the boss is judgmental, right? We all love feedback from our boss. This can make employees stressed and defensive, which can make it harder for them to see another person's perspective. For example, employees can handle negative feedback by downplaying the importance of the person providing the feedback or the feedback itself that says, well, they don't know what they're talking about or, or what they said is dumb. Um, people may even reshape their social networks to avoid the feedback source, the person, in order to restore their self-esteem. In other words, and this is really good, Jesse, they defend themselves by bolstering their attitudes against the person giving feedback. How about that for your Facebook debates? Uh, We wanted to explore whether a more subtle intervention and namely asking questions and listening could prevent these consequences. Whereas feedback is about telling employees that they need to change, listening to employees and asking them the right questions might make them want to change. Mm. Boy, there's some parenting wisdom in that, too. <laughs> Is there not? Uh, they close their quote. Go, going back to giving feedback, of course, we do not claim that listening must replace feedback. You know, we need to speak sometimes, right? Rather, it seems that listening to employees talk about their own experience first can make giving feedback more productive by helping them feel psychologically safe and less defensive. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I um, with the Bonhoeffer House, it's not a... It's not an everyday thing, but pretty common to give feedback. You know, I've got yeah. a bunch of 20-something and 30-something guys who are who are really trying what we talk about. You know, they're trying to swing the hammer in, in yeah. the context of, like, framing up a wall, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to preach or do some counseling or um, share the gospel with someone. Get and some volunteers to show up on time for a church Recruit thing. volunteers yeah. and then organize them. And, yeah. and, and they're doing that with the expectation of they're being watched. They're being yeah. kind of guided along. And... And, um, and I've found this so true that, that if I ask them first, Hey, why don't you give your, how, how would you give yourself feedback on that event? Yeah, or, how did you, know? you, how did you feel your sermon went? Man, it's yeah. like, uh, it's like when you go to the gym and you do some movement. So, you know, my shoulder doesn't quite go right, <laughs> right. but if I, if I do some movements and put some pressure on it and, and do some, if I, if I take some sort of pre-work, yeah. then suddenly it loosens up and I can do yeah. more. I can put more weight on yeah. it. And I really do think with feedback, I can get further with a guy, even being critical yeah. or being positive. I can get further if they first open the door with their own That's feedback. Right. If they almost request it, right? They're saying, hey, when anyone goes, the, the, this quote ended, less defensive. Mm-hmm. When anyone goes shields up 
or, hey, I'm ready to fight this person. It's hard to share new ideas with others. And we do the same thing. If someone wants to kind of rubbish your most cherished idea, I mean, I know if I'm interacting with somebody and I and I ask them what about their you know, faith or something, and they say, well, I certainly don't believe in that stupid Jesus stuff. I, I at least tick a box in my mind going, oh, okay, so it's stupid now, right? Mm. Everyone does this. Like the frontal assault on others is, you know, maybe good for entertaining the crowd who's already believes what you believe, but it's very seldom uh, helpful in persuading someone who we really want to listen to us, mm. right? And of course, this is biblical wisdom, right? There's lots in the Proverbs, and there's lots even in the, the wisdom book of the New Testament, the book of James, great wisdom book. Um, for instance, Proverbs uh, 15, 1 through 4. This is interacting with people, right? A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. And a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So if we want to stir up some rage, let's have some harsh words. Let's not listen to people. Um, Proverbs 18, uh, 13, if one gives an answer... Before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Man, um, I know I if I if I uh, have not given answers before I've heard, I would have done a lot better in my twenty-seven almost years mm. being being married for sure. Uh, Jesse, how about you read James uh, one for us? Yeah, James one nineteen through twenty-one. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Yeah, I love this passage, Jesse. It's used a lot. I put a little bit more context for us there with verse 21, yeah. because ultimately this is like, if you're being quick to hear, slow to speak, um, this also applies to like before God, right? Mm-hmm to receive the implanted word, right? We're receiving, we're hearing, we're listening, uh, which is able to save us. And then certainly this has application. If we're not quick to hear, if we're quick to speak and quick to get angry, our relationship with God and others suffers yeah. uh, tremendously. I like that you, you you surrounded the context there because I think we often think that we can act a certain way with God, have a kind of posture that is... But the truth is, is that our posture towards people often we bring with us, yeah. uh, both back back and forth with our prayer life, w- if there is one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I do think that there's overlap there. If we're, if we're quick to listen yeah. to God, if we're quick to to receive His implanted Word, if we're if our posture towards Him is, you are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it shows. That's a really good insight. That's a really good insight, mm-hmm. Jesse. Like, if somebody is not humble. Before, this is why the Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, right? If we're not in a place of humility, we don't listen to anybody, right? Uh, we are what the Bible says are wise in our own eyes. Mm. Uh, and so the last one we'll read here, guys, Biblical Wisdom, Proverbs 10, 19. I'm going to read this from two translations because I really thought the New Living paraphrase was funny. But this is first the, uh, the real Bible uh, translation of the Hebrew and then the paraphrase. When words are many, this is Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent or wise. 
and here's the new living paraphrase too much talk leads to sin be sensible and keep your mouth shut <laughs> that, <laughs> i like that one that sounds like a like a, a mother of seven children or something like yeah. uh, keep your mouth <laughs> shut how much how much strife and difficulty would we save ourselves mm. if we kept our mouths shut well jesse um why why should we care to listen mm. to people? Why don't we just get in the shouting match with everyone else on social media? Uh why don't we act like our former president and just mock people and not listen to them? Um what are some of the reasons we have for mm. for why we should listen? Yeah, I mean, I think one reason is we listen because the person is worth respecting, right? We we listen to respect the person if uh, and, and even sometimes that's hard to do because what if they're not respectable, Yeah, <laughs> they're not acting respectable, but, <laughs> yeah. but even the most disrespecting person carries the image of God. That's right. That's and right. so we can respect God by respecting the other person. That's right. We can always double back to say, mm-hmm. God made this woman or man, even my worst enemy yeah, was made in my image worst of God. enemy. And again, last time, go back to our theological discussion. Mm-hmm. We, we don't think the image of God is fully eradicated from people uh, post-fall, yeah. even post-flood, right? The image of God is, what do we say, effaced but not erased. That's right. That's right. There's this great quote I'm bringing in I'm bringing in here to this episode from uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his life together. The Bonhoeffer House, Dietrich Bonhoeffer? The Bonhoeffer <laughs> House, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. His book, Life Together, is, is kind of like a ministry manual for, not not so much for church ministry. It's He really wrote it for more like a um, a seminary learning environment, but but it's so convicting. It's so so helpful. Kind of communal learning, yeah, learning com- together. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. And um, it forms a kind of like the playbook for what we're doing with the Bonhoeffer House. And so I, I go back and read it fairly often. I was looking at it this morning, and he has this section called the Ministry of Listening. Mm. It really kind of bridges the gap between we listen because we respect our neighbor, and we listen because um, if we stop having a posture of of listening, then it will affect our prayer life and our relationship with God too. Mm. He says this, many people are looking for an ear that will listen. They don't find it among Christians because these Christians are talking where they should be listening. But he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon no longer be listening to God either. He'll be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. And in the end, there's nothing left but spiritual chatter and clerical condescension arrayed in pious words. One who cannot listen long and patiently will presently be talking beside the point and never really be speaking to others, albeit he be not conscious of it. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. He goes on to say, Brotherly pastoral care is essentially distinguished from preaching by the fact that, added to the task of speaking the word, there is the obligation of listening. And this is really convicting to me. Yeah, <laughs> There's a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. It's an impatient, inattentive listening that despises the brother and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. <laughs> this is no fulfillment of our obligation, and it's certain that here, too, our attitude toward our brother only reflects our relationship to God. It is little wonder that we are no longer capable of the greatest service of listening that God has committed to us, that of hearing our brother's confession, if we refuse to give ear to our brother on lesser subjects. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there to just yeah. say, 
man, that that is so convicting that uh, I should respect the person enough to give them more than just half an ear, or to yeah. or to listen only long enough to to. Oh, now it's time for me to get my word yeah. in. Dispatch them. Um, I, I really got convicted, Jesse, by this this idea that um, clerical condescension mm. arrayed in pious words. This is talking to ministers, yeah. right, who really don't care about people, but they're just speaking down to folks in religious jargon, but actually not seeing the human being and hearing the human being and uh, listening to them. Um one of the things, too, Jesse, is when we kind of think we know where a conversation is going. This happens in marriage a lot, right? Because many times you do know where the conversation is yeah. going because you've had it before, right? I tell young guys this all the time, hey, you know, some of the same difficulties you have in the first two or three years of your marriage, you're going to have in the 20th year as well. Uh, just You want to get skilled at doing that in a way that loves each other and yeah. hurt each other. Um, but many times you think you know where the conversation is going, so people start interrupting and start uh, interjecting, kind of trying to head things off at the pass, as it were, and that always makes people not feel uh, cared for, respected, mm-hmm. or or that their dignity is honored. In front That's of right. And I love the way that Bonhoeffer has, he's integrating the life with the, your brother and your life with God, and it's grounded in this theological vision that he has, even at which I didn't read this part of the quote, but he says, um, we've received the ministry of listening from a, our God who listens. Yeah. Now think about that. Like we, we pray all the time and we don't assume that God's in heaven going, Oh geez, please. Yeah. I don't, I, I just want to tell you stuff. Yeah. But he's yeah. actually listening to our prayers. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesse, if, First, we respect the person. The second mm-hmm. thing is we, we we need to respect what people have to say, their ideas. Yeah. Um, and look, there's a lot of ideas in the world that aren't true, that are maybe uh, wrong, even damnable, even just evil, right? But when when someone is sharing something with us, we have to listening and we have to listen to them in order to love them. This doesn't mean some people think if you listen respectful to somebody means you you accept everything right. they say. If you don't correct every falsehood that's said in your presence, then somehow you're endorsing them. This is a big problem, right? There's this kind of idea sometimes in some circles that follow Jesus. They're like, hey, if if you're not correcting everything that you're around, then you somehow are giving your affirmation of it all. This is so nonsense, right? You can you can quote you can listen to someone quote Muhammad Ali without saying like Muhammad you know confessing Muhammad is his prophet or something like becoming a Muslim. This is uh, something that we have to be able to do because why? If somebody has an idea they're willing to share with you, um, one it 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 is loving to them to hear it out. And then gives you wisdom for how might to engage it. Because look, some people are deceived. Some people do believe horrible things. Some people are, are practicing things based on ideas that are hurting them, right, in their families and others. And so if we don't want to understand where they're at, we can't really address it as effectively either. So mm-hmm. respect the person, res- respect the, enough to listen to their ideas. And then thirdly, why we listen to people, we want to prayerfully engage with others. Um, we're going to talk about this a lot in our next series, Jesse, and kind of another listening thing about how to listen well to engage someone with the truth. Uh, we won't hit that as much today, but I want to give a little tease on that from our friend Randy Newman. You remember Randy Newman? You had him on our podcast. Of course I remember Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Newman, Jesse's friend, came on to talk about his C.S. Lewis and evangelism um, mm-hmm. book. Mere Evangelism. Mere Evangelism yep. that he published a little over a year ago. Um 
Another one of Randy's books that we both have benefited from is a book called Questioning Evangelism. In other words, how do you proclaim the gospel by utilizing good questions and listening? And he said that, he said this in his book. He goes, I was told about a a certain powerful church leader. I don't even know what that means, but I guess that means famous or something. Mm. When asked about his job's frustrations, he replied, everywhere the apostle Paul went, they had a riot. Everywhere I go, they serve tea. (laughs) Gosh, I feel that. We'd rather find some pleasant middle ground, wouldn't we? We don't want our neighbors to think that we are intolerant, but neither do we want them to deem our message irrelevant. Isn't there some way to be, he's going to use this word, winsome without being wimpy? And this is our whole contention, Jesse. We Mm -hmm. want to share the gospel in a way that's bold, courageous, clear, and the gospel will confront people, right? Jesus will confront people. We don't want to be wimpy. But at the same time, is there a way that we can listen respectfully so that we can share that gospel? Well, Newman goes on to say, we do need to strike a balance, but maybe there's no way to avoid the charge of intolerance. But by showing respect, listening, showing compassion, we must remove every stumbling block except the one, the cross, there still remains the thing that got Jesus into hot water. Maybe there's no way to avoid a one-way mess. In other words, he's saying, uh, when you say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father mm-hmm. but through me, that in and of itself will offend some people. But as a human being, we don't want to be the reason uh, that people shut down their ears. We want to not be the stumbling block before them. Look, if you're a jerk to people, they don't want to listen to you. Um, but there is a way that he says, showing respect, listening, compassion, removing stumbling blocks so that we can present Jesus to people. And look, they don't like him. That's fine. Uh, they they didn't like our Lord. They may not like us because we believe in him. But we don't want to just say, hey, that guy's a jerk, so don't listen to what he says. Mm. And look, man, when you're in a context where you're around a lot of people, maybe in your workplace, where you don't they they don't believe the way you believe, um, and you do care about having a hearing with them, we want to be. Um, I, I said this Jesse years ago. A friend of mine who was working in the marketplace, he's like, "Hey, um, every every Wednesday or something, all my coworkers go to like happy hour at this place. It was like five o'clock or something." And he said, I never go because it's at, a, it's at a bar. And he was raised in a tradition, right, Christian tradition, where that was, you know, drinking is bad or whatever. And he goes, he goes, maybe I should go. I was like, yeah, maybe you should go. I was like, you know, if, you, if you're a teetotaling guy, you don't drink anything, don't drink. Go to the, go, but go to the bar. And what he found was people started to talk mm-hmm. to him. And he was able to listen to them, which gave him a presence uh, that mission and evangelism could take place that simply did not exist prior to that. I love that. And when we get to, when we get around to that, uh, that next series, the respectful witness in a raging culture, I'd love to talk more about some of the things that Randy's so good at. I've learned from him and others, uh, that often listening well is a skill and it, and there's certain even, uh, sort of entry level, things that I can do to be more curious with people, both both in terms of witness and even just yeah. in terms of like my wife and my neighbors and my friends. You know, I've got a friend, uh, Scott Davis. He's one of the uh, one of the elders of Valley Bible Church. And he'll he'll listen. I'll be curious about something that I'll say or someone will say. And he'll he'll simply say something like, hey, that thing you said, that seemed important. Can you tell me more about that? 
Yeah. You know, I'll be talking about football and this, that, and the other <laughs> thing. It'd be like, you know, and, you know, Jenny and I got in a fight, but, and then we just kept going and then he'll be like, Hey, that thing about Jenny, that seems important. Can you tell me a little more about that? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I thought we were yeah. talking about football. I didn't even know I said that. Um, and so I, yeah, I think even in terms of like respect in, in, in listening, when we talk about witnessing, same thing that, yes. that thing seems important. Yes. How's that working? Tell me more about that. That's right. And guys today, we're not trying here on the gospel underground podcast to give you like an extensive listening, reflective listening training session. I, if you haven't done anything like that, you, it's probably a good thing to do. Mm. Um, but what we are doing is we want to just make a plea. Um, because our culture is such a raging world and because it's so easy for people to misunderstand Christianity, right? That people want to dismiss certain things because they associate it with other behaviors. We're simply making a plea here today that being respectful requires us to, to, to listen to people, Mm -hmm. their ideas, to actually love them for the sake of engaging them. And even in the sense of having a peaceable civilization and society, like I know, Jesse, there's these huge debates going on about like terms like Christian nationalism, like, oh, you don't want your Christian nation to be Christian. And if you don't want that, then you're a bad. Or somebody said, if you're a Christian nationalist, you're like a, you're a Nazi and trying to enforce these ideas on people. This is a very hot debate, right? Probably amongst some people we know. Um, and what we're trying to make a plea for is that we want to have a peaceable society where there is freedom of conscience, right? We we don't want to force anyone. You can't force anyone uh, towards converting, meaning like, hey, we're going to be Christian because some some power with police officers or tanks makes you believe stuff. That's the kind of idea we don't accept. And look, I knew America is not greater than the faith. I get that. But at the same time, we want an America where people are free to accept or reject uh, the faith, so that they could be worshipers of God, not merely serfs of a, a religious mm. dominion, be that Islam or Christianity. And so I guess I put my cards on the table there in terms of Christian nationalism, Jesse. But this is important for us to be able to, right, uh, relate to other people uh, who don't agree with us in a way that's uh, honoring to our shared humanity. It comes from our b- religious beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that about people and uh, allows us to exist in an environment where we can freely share the gospel and try to persuade others. Look, man, like there, there's there been times in history where the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is absolutely illegal, and we certainly don't want to live in that world because somebody else's religious nationalism is uh, serving as the imperial power uh, over us. Now, uh, former senator uh, from Nebraska, Ben Sass. I guess he's the president, president of, of University of Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wrote this in the Wall Street Journal, and I think his plea, uh, we won't give him the last word. We'll give the Bible the mm. last word of this episode, Jesse. But he said this in his article, uh, America's True Divide. He said the most important divide in American politics isn't red versus blue. That's pretty controversial. It's civic pluralists versus political zealots, uh, he argues. Civic pluralists understand that ideas move the world more than power does, which is why pluralists value debate and persuasion. We believe America is great because it is good, and America is good because the country is committed to human dignity, even for those with whom we disagree. A continental nation of 330 million souls couldn't possibly agree on everything. 
but we can hash out our disagreements in the communities where we live and in the institutions we build. The small but important role of the government for the civic pluralist is a framework for ordered liberty. Government doesn't give us rights or meaning or purpose or permission. It exists to protect us from the whims of mobs and majorities. Political zealots reject this, holding that society starts and ends with power. Jesse, because our culture on the left and the right is committed to the power mm. game, we have to relive the respectful life, respecting the human dignity. I don't know if you noticed in Sass's comments, human dignity. He, he's a Christian guy. He knows where that comes from. It comes mm -hmm. from the image of God. Uh, in order to allow the flourishing of ideas and not re, uh, resort just to the clenched fist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of power and fighting one another, we have to learn to love and listen. doesn't mean ca uh, capitulate our convictions. It means stand in the wind of the cultural realities, free to speak our convictions, and allowing others the dignity and respect to do so as well. That's a good word. Well, let's close with the good, the, yeah, the gooder, the, the gooder word, the, the true and gooder word. <laughs> Proverbs sixteen seven: When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with Amen. him. Amen. Well, next episode, Jesse, that's where we're going. We're going to close out this mini series on respect in a raging culture with our next episode. It's going to be I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but it's going to be based on as far as it's up to you. Live at peace with. All the Gospel Underground podcast is produced in partnership with the Bonhoeffer House. The Dietrich Bonhoeffer honored named Bonhoeffer House, who wrote a few good books, probably a few bad ones too. Review us on iTunes. Five stars are acceptable. Send your feedback, comments, and questions you might want us to take up. Respectfully to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place with boldness. And respectful listening in the borderlands Amen. between the church and culture. We really hope to see you out there, friends. Peace. Peace.